don't change that channel. You're listening to Thanks for Participating. But first, a brief word from our sponsors. Um, 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 but, um, and now for our feature presentation. everyone and welcome back to thanks for participating i'm sydney and i'm josh and i am also exiled yep i made sure that she definitely was five yards away this time (laughs) there's no question about it sydney's even going to agree with me i don't know about that but also i'm really bad at estimating distances most of the time so i'm afraid to say no but i'm also afraid to say yes Anyway, this is Thanks for Participating. In case you're confused as to what I'm talking about, last time at the beginning of our episode, we had a bit of a kerfuffle about whether or not Sydney was sitting five feet away from me or five yards away from me. So just go go listen to that episode and, and you'll know what we're talking about. But this is Thanks for Participating. It's a podcast that Sydney and I make together where we take turns introducing each other to our favorite things that the other person hasn't experienced before. And today we're going to be talking about something that... Sydney tried for a long time to introduce me to when we first started dating, and I finally caved about, what was it, six months into our marriage? Yeah, so, but I had I had tried to introduce it to you when we were, like, first dating. Like, within the first month or two. Right. You were at my parents' house with me, and we had kind of been doing some, st- whoops, sorry, we had kind of been doing some stuff that day. I can't remember what it was, but um, after a while, we came back to my like parents basement we're like well what do we do now and we were like well let's watch some tv and i was like oh have you seen stranger things and you were like no i haven't and i was like oh well it's so good you're gonna love it and i had no idea that you're kind of a scaredy cat i'm not (laughs) a scaredy cat i am a bona fide wuss yes that is true and so we turned on stranger things and that first like cold open is so good But it's like the scientist running down the hall and all the lights are flickering and you can tell that something's chasing him, but you don't know what. And he gets into the elevator and he's like pressing on it and he's like frantically trying to close the door and the door like starts to close and like he thinks he's safe. But as it's closing, you see him like get sucked up to the top of the elevator by something and you freaked out well because all of a sudden it was just right off the bat super suspenseful and i hate jump scares and i hate monsters and i hate horror everything and so just within the first 10 seconds i already had my hand over my face and i was just peeking through like the cracks in my fingers and then the monster like sucked him up with like a big like I don't remember if it was like a bang or like a hiss or just like a loud noise. And he was screaming and I was just like, "Mm -mm, no, thanks. And so we turned it off. Yeah. (laughs) Or I I made you turn it off. Yeah. I had no idea. Man, I had, I think back to that time where we were dating and I think of like my perception of who you were as a person. And it is so different from who you actually are. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what... What exactly did, was your first impression of me? Like, who, what kind of person did you think I am? I thought you were a lot cooler than me. Okay, I thought you were about to say, I thought you were a lot cooler than you actually are. <laughs> but, well, I guess that means if you thought I was cooler than you, but that's not accurate, then I'm 
not cool? I don't know. I just thought, okay, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm sorry. Like, Babe, whenever we <laughs> hit record on a podcast, you your goal is always to be mean to me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, like, I definitely didn't think you were a bona fide wuss. I also, like, I don't know. I thought you were a lot more social than you actually are. Like, I thought you were a social person, but it turns out you are the most antisocial person I have ever met in my entire life. <laughs> and I thought you were a ballroom dancer. Someone told me that. Yeah. In New York, there was a rumor started about me that I was a ballroom dancer. Yeah. So I thought you were a ballroom dancer. That's so weird. So random. It's such a random thing to say about somebody that I you know. Like, don't know. I know. It was. I thought you were a lot smarter than me, but that one's actually true. Mm, I don't like that. Uh, I don't like you disagreeing with me. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> You're definitely smarter than I am. Wait, hold on. Sydney has like a 3.8, almost 3.9 GPA right now. And she just got accepted into two of the most competitive programs in the university. And I have like a 2.8 GPA. And it's taken me three years to do my sophomore year of college. And so. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, like... That's what I'm coming up with as far as uh, perceptions I had of you. But, you know, once you sent me the Barbie videos of you and your brother playing and singing with Barbies, and then also when you accidentally posted that we were in a relationship on Facebook when you hadn't even talked to me about it, that's when <sighs> I realized, okay, he's not exactly what I thought he was. He's not the <laughs> sharpest. He's not the sharpest tool in the ball pit. <laughs> I was just about to say, he's not the sharpest tool in the drawer. He's not the... He's not the brightest knife in the shed. He's not the biggest fish in the jungle. <laughs> he's not the tastiest treat in the dirt. The hamster... No, wait. The wheel is turning, but the hamster is dead. The light is on, but no <laughs> one's home. Um, Have we told that story? Or have you mentioned it at all about how... Half of your Facebook friends knew that we were dating before you did? Oh my gosh. Okay. This is a wild one because we had a great date the night before and I was like really into you and I definitely wanted to date you, but I was like too afraid to say anything because like I said, I thought you were way cooler than me and I didn't want to like be the clingy one. And I think something had happened with something else where I was just afraid to be the one to say I love you first. But anyways... We had, like, watched Get Smart together, and we'd, like, done some stuff, and we, like, had, like, a really fun date, and I was just, like, smiling the whole time, and then you left, and I was still, like, smiling, and I was like, man, I'm, like, so into this dude. And I went to sleep, and I woke up the next morning to a billion Facebook notifications, um, and I looked, and I saw that Josh had posted that we were in a relationship. And I was like, oh, this is news to me. And everyone was like posting about it. And they were like, oh, Facebook official now. And like, oh, and I was like. And someone was like, I had no idea. And you're like, me either. Yeah. So then I'm talking with my family about it. And I brought it up with my aunt, Leslie, 
who is always like looked out for us and she was really like nervous she was like you gotta be real careful with this guy going forward because you know in any other circumstance it would be weird because i think i think um we had a date planned for the next week where we would like talk about what happened and um like over the weekend like i had a family party or something and so i was talking with leslie and she was like this is like a red flag and i was like no i know but i like i want to hear it out first like i want to see what his reasoning was for that and i think if it had been any other reasoning than what you gave me i would have been very concerned i don't even remember what i told you the reasoning was if i tried to talk my way out of it or something but what actually happened was like i got home that night and I was just like, you know, full of, what's the phrase, butterflies in my stomach. No, because I wasn't like nervous. I was just like whipped. I was like, man, this woman, ow, ow. <laughs> what? No, but I was just like, man, this is, I really like this girl. And right when I got home, this was at like, what, two in the morning? Did you already say what time it was? It was somewhere in the early morning hours. Um, And I saw that someone else on Facebook, on their timeline or their feed or their wall or whatever it said like they started a relationship with another person or they're in a and it said like so and so is in a relationship with so and so and i was curious a little bit because i was like maybe we're like heading towards like being boyfriend girlfriend or you know dating steady or whatever it was uh because we had been on a couple of really fun dates and i really liked you and i was finally starting to pick up on hints that you liked me too that you had been dropping (laughs) that i was oblivious to and so i was curious if just the way that the facebook interface works if you have to attach that kind of status update to the other person's profile or if you just write so and so on there and you can just write whoever like you could say like josh rich is in a relationship with adam sandler and (laughs) it like wouldn't matter And so I just went in, I think I like Googled it and I couldn't f- see the answer or something. So I thought like, oh, I'll just go like try it or like, I'll just like go mess with it and see what it asks me to put in. And, and so I was looking at, oh man, I don't even know how to say this, but so I like went to like find where this, you know, relationship status part is. And it said like relationship. And I think that it like had a part where it said like search for another person's profile and you put it there. And then I thought that it would s- say something like, send this person like a relationship request or something, or at least a confirmation on your end saying like, are you sure you want to do this or whatever? But it just like did it like without your consent or anything, which I thought was wild that you can just post on Facebook that you're in a relationship with someone without that other person's like knowledge or consent or anything. Yeah, I could see that going really bad in like domestic violence situations. (laughs) Yeah, or like stalker situations. Right. Yeah, and but I I hadn't realized that it had gone through at first until people started messaging me about it. And I think I realized, oh, shoot, I messed up. And so I I might have gone back and changed the relationship status, but I couldn't figure out how to get that initial status update off of my timeline. <laughs> so people were seeing that as a post and I couldn't figure out how to change it or like make it so they couldn't see it. Even the, and, and anyway, and you were already asleep and people were messaging me and commenting and I was just like, frick, frick. Frick. And then, oh, and yeah. And then I woke up in the morning to you saying like, so I see that you decided to make us Facebook official. Any particular reason? And I was like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I think like I asked you about it and you just got really sheepish. And I could tell you were so embarrassed and that you were being honest with me about 
like it being truly an accident. And that's the only reason why I was okay with it. Cause I was like, okay, he like really screwed up and he knows it. <laughs> yeah. It was an accident that like it ended up being posted, but it wasn't an accident that I was like kind of playing around with it and what it would look like to like have you like connected like in that way to me because I was really excited about the possibility. It's like, it was like kind of my version of like doodling like our names in a notebook with hearts <laughs> around it. <laughs> Cute. Anyway. Anyway, what finally convinced you to watch Stranger Things with me? Um, so I remember uh, the, th- the third season had already been out or had it just barely come out when we started dating? Um, I think it just barely came out. Because it, it was like sometime in summer of 2019, right? Yeah, that was the like the July 4th season. So I think it came out around that time. So it came out on the 4th of July? Ish. Ish. Mm-hmm. And we had our first kiss the 6th of July? Did we? I think so. It was sometime in July. And then by the end of July, I think we officially decided. Because July is when you finally started talking to me again. It was just crazy. My grandpa was dying in any way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we started dating 2019 and then we got married. Uh, what was it? 14 months later? Yeah. Yeah. 13. 13 to 14, depending on how you look at it. Gotcha. And and then it was three months after that, because I think it was like October or November-ish that you wanted to watch something spooky for Halloween. Um, and this was in 2020. And you also said that the new season was going to be coming out like in the spring. And so you're like, why don't we watch, try watching an episode or something? So I was like, okay, I'll try watching through that first episode. And I'm totally convinced that I wasn't going to, because I think we made a deal that like I would watch. Yeah, that's what it was. I told you I would watch Stranger Things with you if you would go through a haunted house with me. Because for some reason, I hate horror movies, but I love walking through haunted houses, mainly because there's no emotional suspense. Like there's the suspense of like, ooh, someone's going to pop out. It is going to be a spooky like jump scare. I thought you said you didn't like jump scares. Well, I don't like jump scares when it's like, like a, well, first off, I don't like jump scares in movies as much because they're way worse because of the added element of the score. Oh, of yeah. like the, the way that the composer drives the music in the suspenseful moment so that you expect a jump scare. You don't know when it's coming out. And then like the shrill violins, like right as they jump out or, you know, whatever. And like the sound effects. And so it's just so much more like internal reaction to it. But when it's just one person that like jumps out around a corner and goes, Rah! it's not as bad. I was listening to a podcast the other day. Um, it was a true crime podcast and they had a comedian on and she was talking about how she watches horror movies and she turns the sound off and turns like she turns the subtitles on and mutes it. And oh. she'll <laughs> watch it that That's way. That's so because she's... <laughs> smart, but also I would hate to just watch any movie that way. Yeah, because she's like, I can't like it because it's the music that gets you and like the sound effects that they put in that build up the suspense. And I guess so. it depends on how how well the subtitles are written, because the subtitles in Stranger Things are something else with the way that they describe all of the music and sounds That's like true. the squelching wet footsteps, groggily, <laughs> like, you know. Yes, I do know. Anyway, um, so I think we made that deal. And I was actually really surprised watching through the first season. Like, yeah, there were moments where I was genuinely terrified. I was like, this is like, I'm at my limit as far as 
scary movies. And I'm I'm not I don't know if I can like go on, but they the 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 show writers or the directors or, or whoever did a really good job at like interspersing those really intense, really scary moments with like really comedic or really heartfelt or really dramatic. And so there was just like this wide range of storytelling devices and themes and like moods of the show during the episode. And I felt like that was really compelling for me. And so I, and plus you just get, I got so attached to the characters right off the bat. I think they're all really well written. I think they're all very interesting in you care for them and you want to see where they go. And so because of that, I got sucked in and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> Chrissy, wake up. I don't <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I, I was just so scared about how scary it was, but I wanted to see what was happening with these characters. And so I think we said, I really want to watch it, but we can only watch it during the daytime. Yeah. I think Stranger Things is like the perfect level of like horror though, because I'm not a fan of slasher movies or like tons of gore. Like I don't want to see that or like even tons of jump scares. And there are like a few jump scares in Stranger Things, but I think like it's a good thriller and I love a thriller and a little bit of horror elements added in with the thriller are a lot of fun. Sorry, I just took a, <laughs> I took a sip of Code Red Mountain Dew. And I thought you were going to speak for like five seconds longer. And then you stopped and I was like, I'm in the middle of swallowing. <laughs> so we we like zoomed through those three seasons. We probably watched about a season a week or something. Yeah, I think wasn't that the time when I was taking medical leave from work too? So I was kind of like home all the time. I think so. I think that was also when Crabbers was around. Oh, Crabbers. And, and, and yeah, we finished it and then we expected... It to come out in this the fourth season to come out in the spring of 2021 and i think wasn't there like a like come spring of 2021 there was an announcement that it would come out in august or something and we were like or there was like a facebook post and we were super excited and then it came we found out like several months later that that was faked and that it, that wasn't a real announcement i think they were filming delays for covid where they just had to keep pushing it back well yes everything in 2020 and 2021 experienced that and i was just Trying to remember, I feel like there were announce really like real looking announcements that we saw on Instagram or Facebook for yeah. coming out later that year, and we got really excited, and then found out that they were fake, and yeah. and that it didn't actually end up coming out for almost another like another eighteen months after we finished the season. Yeah, I do remember something about that. At least, at least I only had to go eighteen months instead of two and a half years. Um, in between the seasons. Yeah, you didn't know my pain. Especially since, like, I just watched the first season in 2020. When did the first season actually get published? So my senior year, like Halloween dance, its theme was Stranger Things. So it had to be sometime before then. But I didn't watch it until after that because I'd never heard of it until I saw the posters around my high school that were like, oh, Stranger Things. And I was like, what is this? And they were like, oh, I guess it's this new Netflix show that like everyone is into. And I hadn't heard of it. Was it only one season or was it multiple seasons by that point? Yeah, it was one season at that point. And I started watching it. And then the second season came out on my birthday, actually, five days before I left on my LDS mission. And then I was gone for a year and a half. And by the time I got back, like that third season came out a couple months after I got back. So that was kind of nice that where like that waiting period was filled up with something else. Third and fourth season was rough. That you're talking about it was rough, the waiting period in between. Yeah. Especially because gotcha. it kept 
getting pushed back. But So you were kind of there from the beginning, but not all the way. Like you didn't watch the first season like as it was coming out. No, I don't think I watched it till the end of my senior year, to be honest, which would have been like 2017. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of months before the second season came out. Cool. This is a hot debate online right now. What is your favorite season? Honestly, I don't remember anything about... <laughs> it's like, okay, first season was Demogorgon. Yeah. Second season was Sexy Sean Astin. <laughs> third season... And the Mind Flayer. No, third season was Mind Flayer, right? I thought the Mind Flayer was the second season because remember it was like still inside Will. I remember like Will was like possessed or something and... Oh, maybe it was just Demogorgon 2.0. There was like the Demodogs. Oh, Remember, like, yeah, Dustin, yeah. like, found one in his trash can or something? And it ate his cat. And then there was, like, oh, the hundreds that. of, like, the medium-sized Demogorgons inside the lab, and they were trying to, like, get out. Right, okay. Or the hospital or, or wherever it was. Uh-huh. But the Mind Flayer, that was the third season, because that was Billy, right? Yes. And um, And then all of the, like, the rats and the old lady and then everyone else that got possessed or infected. I don't remember how it happened to them, but they, like, all, like, stepped in line to go down into this pit where the mind flayer was and they just like disintegrated or like fell apart and all of their flesh just like combined and melted together. And it was the grossest, creepiest, scariest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And then, but I don't remember anything that happened. So I know like the monsters, that's what I'm trying to say is I know the, what like the main like kind of monsters were in each season. Mm -hmm. But for one, two and three, I don't really remember what all else happened with their characters. Like you were bringing up how in one of the earlier seasons... Nancy and Jonathan doing journaling or yearbook stuff and oh, yeah. Nancy wasn't getting good stories and Jonathan was getting good stories. And I was like, I didn't even remember that any of that happened. They were interning for a newspaper and Jonathan was like able to write stories and like actually be an intern and Nancy was just the gopher and like they made fun of her for being a woman and stuff. And so she was trying to get a story on the mind flayer and the rat poison and all that stuff that was going on. And the guys wouldn't believe her, but then they all became part of the Demigorgon anyway. So, or the Mind Flayer anyway. So jokes on them. Jokes on them. That's so mean to say. Jokes Whoa. on you. Now you're a flesh popsicle. I don't have much empathy for sexist pigs. Oh, I forgot you were talking about them. I just thought you were talking about, sorry. I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't paying attention to what you said. I'll admit you started yeah. talking about sexism and I just felt like that was the perfect time to not to listen to a woman. <laughs> You're awful. Why are we married? I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I think this is kind of a hot take, but I'm going to say season three. I liked the vibe of season three a lot, but all the other seasons have been really good. And I've really enjoyed how season four has kind of tied together everything, like all the monsters from one, two, and three. So. I mean, this is probably too late to say that this podcast will contain spoilers for Stranger Things. Uh, we probably already have a lot in there in case you haven't seen it, but I love how, I like, the reveal at the end of Stranger Things 4, before they split it into the finale, that, like, last episode. Oh, my gosh. The reveal that Vecna was actually the little boy who lived in the house, that his whole family died by Vecna. Yeah. You realize that that was him, and that it was also the same person, number one, at the Dr. Brenner's uh, facility. Yeah. That it was that guy. That all of them were the same person, and not only did it connect that whole season together, but then you realize, oh, this is connecting the entire show together because you realize how he was controlling the Demogorgon and the the mind, f and how he invented the mind flayer um, when he was 
because he always wanted he always had that fascination with spiders and when he was a kid he drew the mind flayer and how like when it bit 11 he got her powers to like look into into other people's minds then he him as vecna went into the other people's minds to like crack them and absorb their powers or whatever and it was just really interesting that you could start to piece it all together and i just i didn't see that twist coming at all and so i it was just one of the most like hardest hitting coolest twists that i've ever experienced yeah that's why i love a good thriller because you get that twist at the end you're like oh my gosh it's just it's such a good feeling to like realize all of it you know what i mean yeah and they did it so well this season okay let me ask you what was your favorite like character arc or development from season four from just season four just season four because i feel like that's the most fresh on my mind and would be easier to have a conversation about okay i'm gonna start with overall i know you didn't ask for it but i'm gonna give it anyway i think steve had the best character arc overall because at the beginning he was like this cocky douchebag that like dated nancy and then he ended up like maturing and becoming actually a really cool guy and him and dustin's dynamic he's like the single mom of the yeah. friend group. <laughs> him and dustin's dynamic specifically is like really cool but if i had to choose i think sorry i was just i love i feel like steve has really good dynamics with everybody like steven dustin steven robin uh steven nancy in this season and everyone so yeah if I had to choose this season, though, I'd probably say Max. I think especially Sadie Sink's acting, she just really sold it. And, you know, going from, like, emotionally traumatized and, like, missing her stepbrother to kind of, like, processing that. And then, like, spoiler alert, going into a coma. I thought that was really, really cool. I think... You think... Wait, sorry. You think that the coma was a cool... No, like, no, no, no. Okay, because I was like, the coma wasn't necessarily a character development. Right. That's more of like something that the other people have to like deal with. But but then I think Lucas's character development alongside Max, especially like when she does go into the coma, like how that changes him. I thought those two had the most compelling like arcs this, yeah. this uh, season. It was interesting that in the beginning of the season, she was one, still so upset and traumatized and depressed about what had happened to Billy, her brother, who died in season three and was also the, pretty much the villain of season three. But And the hero. Um, so she was traumatized by what happened to Billy. And because of that, she was just shutting everybody out. And also she was experiencing all of these symptoms that we later found out were because of Vecna that like cursed them and tortured them for a week before he kills them. And so she's going through all of this nightmare torture and she's just shutting everyone out and lucas was right there at the beginning of the season saying hey look something's not right i just want to help you please don't push me away and she was just like i don't need you go away i don't care about you whatever and and then i think one of the best if not the best uh episode of the season for any character but specifically max was the fourth one yeah called, i think it was called dear billy mm -hmm. but it was the one that like really introduced the kate bush song and where all of the friends were there when she was getting attacked by Vecna and she was like right, rising up in the air, but they rescued her by like putting on the song and she like was running through like the upside down to like jump back through and, and then how, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm so bitter that she did not get nominated for an Emmy for that, for that performance. Yeah. That was like season four by far was Max's season and Sadie Sink just 
killed it, was the highlight of every episode. And the fact that she didn't get an Emmy nomination is ridiculous. Like, I understand the competition for the Emmys this year was, like, incredibly stiff. Like, more so than other uh, years. But even then, like, her performance was definitely a performance of the year and should have been in there. No doubt about it. I was just going to say that I loved that the turning point after that point in the season, like halfway through, from her pushing everybody out to realizing, oh, I actually need to kind of do a 180 to sacrifice myself to protect everybody, to like bring everybody in, and that she was willing to... Because even after realizing, oh, Kate Bush, she's the voice of the angel that will save me, that there was still you know, the couple of episodes of her still closing everybody out because she would put on her headphones and she'd just shut everything out. She'd shut any way that Vecna could get in. She'd, But then she'd shut all of her friends out and she just, you know, would sit by herself. And But then there was the point that she realized, oh, I need to open myself up and open myself up to Lucas, open myself up to Vecna and open myself up to my own happy memories from my childhood or from earlier seasons. And it wasn't until she did that that I feel like the real development like was happening. Yeah, it was it was so good. Okay, what do you think about the scenes in Russia? I don't know. Those were kind of weird. Like that was a little bit of a stretch for me. I mean, it was cool that they kept Hopper alive and um, you know, all of that. And I could suspend belief for like the Russians like infiltrating uh the country to try to get to the gateway in Hawkins but I don't know like Joyce like getting a smuggler to like take her to Russia and then landing in Siberia and I don't know that was a little much for me just much as in unbelievable or much as in (laughs) yeah I, I think it's funny to say unbelievable because the whole show is like um science fiction so but still but yeah I would almost say unbelievable okay what what are your thoughts? I just, I'm, I think it's interesting. I've seen a lot of people online saying that the hopper scenes in Siberia were the low part of the season for them or that they didn't feel like it fit in or it, they could have used without it or it deteriorated or, or detracted or, or whatever. I don't know. But they just, they felt like all of those scenes were lacking, which I thought was interesting because I thought those were very possibly second place to the Max um, arc. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with the internet consensus. Like, I didn't mind them as much. Like, I don't think I hated them as much as the internet has. But, like, the only one I really cared for was the one where, like, Hopper and Joyce finally kiss. I didn't care about that. Okay. Joyce needs no man. Yeah, that's true. Joyce is a certified badass. No, I just, I thought I loved every time it would cut back to the scenes of Hopper because it was diving into why diving into his inner demons about his experience in Vietnam, making Agent Orange and like dealing with like the casualties he directly caused to innocent people and like his feelings of failure with his daughter who died. And then just how the only thing that he ever made him feel absolved of guilt or or have real purpose again was his connections with other people with Joyce and with Eleven and then he realized he had to do whatever it took to get back to them who thought he was dead and that if there was any chance in the world of seeing them being with them again and and protecting them or do you know that that was his purpose was to 
help them than he was going to like do it and just the sacrifices that he was willing to make when he traded his what was it soup or bread with the big guy to smash his ankle in with a sledgehammer and oh i hated that i just i thought they were so emotionally compelling and i just was i was really shocked at how many people didn't like those scenes i can see where you're coming from and i do think like the agent orange scene was really good too but the rest of the russian stuff was just kind of meh for me okay okay what are your predictions for season five eleven dies that's it well, that's the first... Episode one, Eleven dies. No, 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 no. Then what? She dies, she dies on the last episode. I feel like she's going to have to give like one big final sacrifice to get rid of Vecna for good. And I think... Okay, I don't think Nancy and Jonathan stay together. I don't know who Nancy gets with, whether it's Steve or Robin. But I feel like... I mean, I never liked Nancy and Jonathan together in the first place because she literally caught him taking stalker pictures of her. And then she was like, oh, no biggie, like we'll date anyway. And that should have been like, I feel like the whole Stranger Things writing and fandom just forgave that like a little too quickly for my liking. I think, okay, I think Max dies. I'm going to say that. I don't think she makes it out of the coma. I think she does. And here's why. I saw a video, I haven't verified this, but I saw a video that the album that Running Up That Hill is from by Kate Bush is about a girl going into and coming out of a coma. And so I feel like oh, yeah. like the that album foreshadowed Max going into a coma, but then I think the last two songs they said is, is about her waking up from the coma. So I feel like that album might be foreshadowing that. Okay, I remember you saying that. Now, but I also did see an interview with the Duffer Brothers like a week ago that where they said, honestly, like we haven't really written the fifth season yet. We don't know if Max lives or dies. So I don't know if they're just like saying that to throw that off or if they like really don't know. But um, do you know who I hope dies? Mike? Uh, I don't want him to die. I just don't really care about him anymore. Yeah, fair I feel enough. like he was really good in the first season. I just don't feel like he matters. Like in this fourth season, if Mike wasn't there, no no one would have noticed. Yeah, you're right. Will would have noticed. Will would have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think either Joyce or Hopper dies. I don't think both of them make it out. So your only predictions are death. You think someone's going to die and you're trying to decide who it's going to be. Well, I think multiple people are going to die. Is it, That's just going to be the story? Is people waiting around for people to die? I mean, someone has to die. I don't. Okay. So you're, you're, you're... <laughs> prediction for what the fifth season is going to be about is like the you're skipping the whole fifth season going to the like the climax about like which emotional deaths are going to like hit the hardest or okay um i think they fight vecna again okay i feel like i feel like the fifth season is going to be a lot darker because you know the other seasons like they started out very light and like the kids at like normal life and then you know about episode three or four is when it starts to get like pretty dark. And then, you know, the last few episodes are like the climax and it's dark. And Except the fourth season, the fourth season, like the first two or three episodes were really dark. And then it just wasn't nearly as dark for the rest of the season. I don't know. I felt like it was still like a little light at the beginning, though, because like the kids are going to the basketball game and stuff like that. I mean, there's still dark stuff going on, but like the tone is lighter at the beginning of the season than it is at the end. Sure. But I don't think that we're going to get that really light tone that we had had with the other four seasons. 
on season five. I think it's just going to be purely like, like we're just, just going to jump right back into the dark. I mean, it starts with like a giant hole, like, I mean, basically fabric ripped between the two worlds and, um, like people's houses fell in and stuff. And so you've got to start out with that and Max is in a coma and that's already pretty dark. I did read that. Isn't there supposed to be a big time jump between the two seasons? Oh yeah. Cause the kids are getting too old to uh, like conceivably be in early high school. Yeah. So maybe it just jumps five years and then Max wakes up. Turns out she's been in a coma the whole time. Yeah. I'm wondering how they'll do like the coma thing with Max because like... I don't know, maybe they'll keep her in the coma for the two to five years or however long they do the time jump. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see how they handle that. What if they just time jump really far and they just get all adult? I guess a lot of these kids are 18 now, so technically are adults. But I just mean like, you know, middle-aged actors to play these characters like they did in It. And whoever plays Steve Harrington has like his six little chicken nuggets running around or whatever he said. Ben Schwartz would play Steve Harrington. Is that Jean Ralphio? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I did see someone say that like Steve and Nancy were like looking after six kids. Um when they were like when they stole the RV and they were like driving around there were six Ooh, kids with them. That's a good point. So it was like him and Nancy and six little nuggets like Steve wanted it to be. Oh. And Steve would be such a great stay-at-home dad while Nancy like went out and worked, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for Steve and Nancy to get back together to be honest, because I feel like... If Nancy ends up with anybody, she deserves better than Jonathan. Oh, for sure. Like, she definitely deserves better than Jonathan. And I feel like Steve has grown a lot as a person and has, like, come up to meet her. But I wouldn't, like, I'm open to other possibilities, too, because I don't feel like they're, like, a... I don't feel like they're, like, they're not something I'm, like, necessarily rooting for. But it'd be like, oh, yeah, that'd be nice and cute, like, if it happened, you know? Yeah. Okay, here's my theory. I think that... Was it Eddie's uncle that lived with him? Yeah. I feel like Eddie's uncle is really, takes it really hard that Eddie dies. And Eddie's dad comes to Hawkins to help his uncle look for Eddie because they don't think he's dead for some reason. Like Eddie it somehow survived and is speaking to them through the upside down or, or for some reason. And guess who... I, this, this comes from like a conversation that we were, I was messing around at work today, um, on discord with a a couple other people. Um, but guess who I think will play Eddie's dad? Who? Jack Black. What? (laughs) (laughs) Specifically so that he can come in and go, Chrissy, wake up. I don't like this. Chrissy, wake up. You still haven't seen School of Rock, have you? No. Oh my gosh, babe. We have to watch that movie. But then, hold on, that was only the first half of the theory. Okay. Then it's revealed that Bob, Sean Astin's character, somehow survived. Wow. And he comes back and Jack Black and Sean Astin's characters fall in love and they kiss. Oh. And when they're kissing, it's revealed that Elijah Wood is also (laughs) in this season. And he comes out and he sees Sean Astin and he's like, and he's so jealous and... It breaks his heart because, you know, some some reason that those characters would be because connected, but it, it would be the Frodo reference to and... Sam and Frodo being gay. Oh, yeah. They were definitely gay for each other. Yeah. I mean, I, who wouldn't be gay for Sam? Fair enough. Frodo, anyway, not so much. Yeah. I could kind of care less about Frodo. <laughs> so that's your prediction. 
Yep. How much money are you willing to put on that? However much money that idea earns me when I write it as a submission to the Duffer Brothers. Because if I send it in and they think, this is awesome, we'll put it in the show and we'll give you royalties. I will bet all of those royalties that it will happen. Okay, so no money. Potentially, but also potentially a lot of money. Because I feel like that is a freaking awesome idea. I don't know. That's more like Monty Python humor than uh, like... That's just what I want. Stranger Things vibes. (laughs) You want Stranger Things to turn into Monty Python. (gasps) What if the fifth season is Steve Harrington leading a campaign to find the Holy Grail? Okay, but I could see Steve Harrington leading a campaign to kill Vecna into the, like... Well, yes, because we've seen him do that already. Yeah, that's true. Okay, how how would the Holy Grail fit into season five? Turns out Vecna's been guarding it this whole time. Turns out Vecna is Jesus. No. Okay. Vecna Vecna was the serpent that tempted Adam and Eve. And if he wasn't already the little boy in the 1950s, that might work. All right. Here's my last question. If Dustin wielded a lightsaber, what color would it be? Purple. Why purple? I feel like he's uh, cool like Mace Windu. Yeah. And that he can just boss the um, prop designers around. To just give him whatever color he wants? I don't... Because that's what Mace Windu did. Yeah, I don't know if he would boss them around. I think he would, like, be cute and charming to where they'd be like, oh, yeah, purple lightsaber. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Do you have any last questions for me? No. Okay. All right. Well, I think that about wraps things up. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's episode. It was kind of... Actually, it wasn't that all over the place. Once we got on topic of Stranger Things, we stayed on topic, which doesn't usually happen. Hey. But we, we had a little bit of a pre-episode tangent. Yes, we did. This has been another episode of Thanks for Participating. I've been Josh, and she's been Sydney. And once again, thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at joshisrich, separated by underscores, and Sydney at dipyourchicken. Follow Thanks for Participating at tfp underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok, and tfp underscore show on Twitter. You can also support the show by ordering some podcast merch. The link to our Tee Public store is in the show notes. If you have any feedback for today's episodes or you'd just like to say hi, send us an email. Send it to participating.podcast at gmail.com. Quick reminder to please, please rate and review the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you feel like being nice. All reviewers will earn a shout out at the beginning of the podcast and I would like to please invite you to consider leaving us a five-star review. Our cover art is by Vaishan Brandon. Check him out at Vaishan Designs on Instagram. And our theme music was composed by Mitch Fry. Find him at Firefry underscore on Instagram. That's F-I-R-E-F-R-E-I. And Mitch Fry Music on YouTube. We love you guys. And we're so grateful for all of our listeners. And we'd like to thank you guys for participating. And thanks for not convincing an entire... 1980s rural Indiana town that I was a murderer and start satanic panic to hunt me down.